Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Check us out at comicweb.com. The Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of the old movie cliffhanger serials. You can find them on our website or just type Comic Web into iTunes and they should pop up. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! Strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings of a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, then steal in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. And now to our story. Assigned to cover the Metropolis University State College football game, Clark Kent ran into a puzzling mystery. For some unknown reason, the Metropolis team, leading by two touchdowns, went to pieces in the last quarter. When Bob Harris, captain and fullback of the team, collapsed on the field, Kent hurried to the dressing room to question the coach, Spike Taylor. At first, Taylor denied anything was wrong, but finally admitted that every man on the team seemed groggy during the last ten minutes of play. However, a thorough examination of Harris, the captain, revealed nothing in the way of injury or illness, and Coach Taylor was inclined to dismiss the incident when he learned that two of his first-string players were talking of quitting the team. As our story continues today... Kent and Taylor are alone in the latter's dressing room office. Listen. You don't understand, Kent. The Metropolis team isn't just playing to win this year. It's playing for stakes that may mean life or death for thousands of helpless kids. Frankly, I don't understand, Coach. By some miracle, we pulled the game of state out of the fire today. That leaves us only one more opponent. Southwest College. The toughest, smartest team in the country. We play them next Saturday. That's right. And if we knock them over, we'll be invited to play in the Rose Bowl. Oh, I still don't follow you, Coach. You say you're not playing to win, and yet all you're worried about is winning to get into the Rose Bowl. I mean, it's not the boys on the team, or myself, or even the university. It's those thousands of kids. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who are the thousands of kids you're talking about, and what's this business about life or death? I can't explain it to you properly, Kent, so there's no sense trying. Come on, I'm going up to the laboratory to see Professor Nelson. Uh, he's head of the medical school. you tell you what I mean. Uh, Wait. There's one promise I want, Kent. Well, what is it? You've got to promise you won't print this story until after the Southwest game next Saturday. Well, that's a strange request. I know, but it's important that nothing leaks out. For the team's morale and and for other reasons. Okay, I promise. I know you would. Let's go. This is the new medical college. It was just completed early this year. One of the finest in the country. Uh, here's the research laboratory. I hope Professor Nelson's in. Boy, did you say laboratory? This place smells and looks like a zoo. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, there's Professor Nelson, a tall man with a white goatee. Uh, Professor. Oh, hello, Mr. Taylor. Professor Nelson, this is Clark Kent of the Daily Planet. How do you do, Mr. Kent? How do you do, Professor? I'm very happy to meet you. Keep quiet, you little devil. This last patch of monks chattered like magpies. I was wondering what you did with cages full of monkeys, Professor. Uh, they're rhesus monkeys, Mr. Kent, and we use them for experimental purposes. Oh? 
One of these days, a little white-faced rhesus monkey is going to be responsible for ridding humanity of its most horrible children's disease. You mean infantile paralysis? Yes, infantile paralysis. Now you see what I meant when I said thousands of lives depend on the team. When I called it a matter of life or death. Well, I'm beginning to, but it, it's still not entirely clear. It will be when Professor Nelson finishes. Uh, I'm sorry I interrupted. It's quite all right. You see, Mr. Ken, monkeys are a lot like human beings. They have similar nervous systems and suffer a great many of the ailments we suffer. They can contract infantile paralysis. Uh -huh. That's why we use them for experimental purposes. And the hope that by studying their reaction to paralysis, we can be the means of saving human life and limb. But what has all this to do with the Metropolis football team, Coach? Professor Nelson will tell you. Glad to. It takes a great deal of money to maintain a scientific laboratory such as this is, Mr. King. Yes? Right now, we need more microscopes, more centrifuges, more equipment of every kind. We could use a larger staff of research workers. Oh, yes. And more monkeys. They cost money, too. Well, I still don't see the connection between all this and the football team. It seems a little far-fetched. Not at all, Ken. Wait. I was just about to explain the connection, Mr. Kent. Last year, David Leslie Richards, the millionaire gold mine owner, passed away. Oh, yes, yes, I remember. He left some money to the university, didn't he? Yes, quite a lot. Mr. Richards was a graduate of Metropolis, and his will bequeathed the university $3 million to be used specifically in building up a completely equipped medical research laboratory. Well, that $3 million should have taken care of everything. It will, Ken, if we can get it. Well, what do you mean, get it? It was left to the university, wasn't it? Only if we earned it, Mr. Ken. What? The bequest provided that the university must, through its own efforts, raise $500,000 in order to receive the $3 million legacy. And it must be raised within the year. Oh, so that's where the football team comes in. Exactly. We've gotten alumni donations of 300000 which leaves 200000 to raise by the end of next month. Our final game with Southwest should draw 50,000 people. And if we beat them, we'll be invited to the Rose Bowl for a postseason game. 80,000 people at the bowl, and we're over the top. Oh, that explains everything, Coach. Now I know what you meant when you said an undefeated football team is a matter of life and death. Yes, and now you know why the team's collapse this afternoon frightened me out of ten years' growth. Sure. I wouldn't worry too much about that, Mr. Taylor. Your boys were probably overstrung on edge. I'm certain they'll be all right. Well, they seem fine now, Professor. Few of them are frightened by what happened on the field. Uh, Dr. Stone took a sample of Bob Harris' blood for analysis. He was the youngster who collapsed during play. Stone must be inside working on it now. Hey, what's that? Oh, Hercules. He's probably hungry or thirsty. Would you like to see him? Oh, sure, Kentwood. Well, come on. He's just around this bend in the room. What? Great Scott, a caged gorilla. What's the trouble, Hercules? Want some water? Okay. We'll pour some into your pan. Oh, look at him laughing up. Now he'll curl up and go to sleep. He's really quite docile as long as we give him enough to eat and drink. I still hate to meet him in a dark alley. Well, I imagine that would be a little unpleasant. Hercules is strong enough to tear a man to pieces. Oh, here comes Dr. Stone. He probably has a report for you, Mr. Taylor. Uh, find anything, Doctor? No, not a solitary thing. Both white and red count are normal. Mm. Yeah, just as I suspected. Well, I must say that's good news. I wonder. What do you mean, Mr. Kent? But I can't quite believe the boys in that football team reacted naturally today. Oh, granted, they were on edge and maybe a little too finely drawn, but 
That Logan has hit every one of them without exception. Well, medical science is fairly accurate, Mr. Kent. No, but if we can find no indication of disease, wouldn't it be fair to assume that fatigue was responsible for what happened? They couldn't all have been fatigued. You know, it just occurred to me, Professor Nelson, what happens to that $3 million bequest if the university fails to raise its quota of 500000 The money reverts to other beneficiaries. Oh, who are they? I don't know, Mr. Kent, but I hardly think that there's any bearing on the case. At the moment, our primary interest is to determine whether the young men on the football team require medical attention. I told you how important the team is in the scheme of things. Yes, yes, I know, but I was just wondering. Wondering what? Who was Mr. Richard's lawyer? Who handled his will? Uh, Mr. John Quincy of the firm of Quincy, Caldwell, and Scott. But really, Mr. Kent, I, I don't quite understand. Well, I may be barking up the wrong tree, but they say if you bark up enough trees, you're bound to find the right one. Oh, is it really 430 I'm afraid I'll have to leave. Well, thanks for everything. I hope I see you all again. Goodbye. Uh, wait a minute, Kent. I'll go along with you. All right. Uh, goodbye, Professor Nelson. Dr. Stone. Goodbye. 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 Oh, listen to those monkey chatters. Leaving the university, Clark Kent hurries to the law offices of Quincy, Caldwell, and Scott, and despite the lateness of the hour, gains admittance to the private walnut-paneled office of John Quincy, elderly senior member of the firm. Facing him across a massive desk, Kent makes known his mission. Inasmuch as you were Mr. Richard's legal advisor, I thought you might be able to help me determine who will benefit under the terms of his will in the event the university fails to raise the money required. Why do you want to know? Well, at the moment, Mr. Quincy, I'm just curious. The will of the late Mr. Richard is not an object of idle curiosity. Well, my curiosity isn't exactly idle. A lot may depend on my knowing who stands to benefit if the money doesn't go to the university. I'm afraid I should have to require much more of an explanation. But I can't give it to you now. You can trust me. It isn't a matter of trust. The will has not yet been filed with the probate court. Only four people have knowledge of what disposition will be made of the $3 million bequest in case the university fails to earn it. The three beneficiaries and myself. Oh, so there are three beneficiaries. I merely picked an odd number. Oh, no, you didn't. It slipped out. Three beneficiaries. Young men, I, I must ask you to leave at once. Now, don't get excited, Mr. Quincy. Would you leave or you, do you wish me to summon the police? Just a moment. I have one more thing to say. Then say it quickly before I lose patience. Do you think I'm just a nosy reporter looking for a sensational story? Well, I'm not, Mr. Quincy. I've just been given a lesson in self-sacrifice, a lesson in devotion to the cause of humanity, a lesson that every man, woman, and child in the world should learn. What is this nonsense? Oh, it isn't nonsense. I just heard a man talk about saving the lives of youngsters, and his eyes lit up as though, well, as though that were the only worthwhile thing in his life. I just heard a tough football coach choke up when he spoke of thousands of kids who needed medical help. What are you talking about? This is what I'm talking about. Metropolis University needs the $3 million Mr. Richards bequeathed in his will. The university needs it to fight the cruelest disease in the annals of medicine. The disease that, that strikes at helpless youngsters and, and cuts them down without giving them a chance. You know what I'm talking about. Infantile paralysis. This is all very irrelevant. Oh, I... no, it isn't. The way it looks now, the university may never get that much-needed money. What makes you say that? Because it's my feeling that one of the three beneficiaries is trying to keep the university from earning the three million dollars. Can Clark Kent be right? Is it possible that the sudden collapse of the Metropolis football team was something that had been planned? If Kent is on the right track, what can be done to protect the players for the last and most important game of the season, only a week away? There's going to be excitement both on the field and behind the scenes, so follow the story with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman.
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.